So as we dig a little bit deeper into this, like let's break it down for industrial marketing to be successful. What are some of the must-have mindsets we need? So I'm going to lay them out and then Chad, I'm going to let you define them. Hello and welcome to Industrial Marketing Simplified. This is a six-part audio series that explains how industrial companies successfully attract new prospects in tactical ways that are easy to understand. In this module, we're focusing on content, the fuel in the industrial marketing engine. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm joined by my business partner, Chad Croker. We specialize in helping industrial businesses attract new customers. In today's show, we're going to get right into content, content basics. What are we talking about and why does it matter? Quality and quantity. Industrial marketing, the must-have mindsets. Well, Chad, I'm going to start it off. It's a little bit of a cliche. Unless you've been living under a rock for the past few years, you've certainly heard this umbrella term that content matters. It's all about content. Well, that's great to hear, whether it's articles, videos, uh, you know, all the messages in the world that we can handle as consumers that are bombarded by content. But let's let's set the t- let's tone, as we often do, and let's define. Chad, lay it out for us. Well, at a top level, it's really any articles, videos, uh, white papers, case studies, really any marketing materials that your company has created that specifically communicate your value to your customers. And from our perspective, they fall into three general categories. So the first is general information. So this is company news, uh, product updates, even how to order online, things like that. Um, Education is the second one. So that's product launches, services, uh, best when they can also, you know, inspire your customers or prospects. And then the third one is, is thought leadership. So that's really talking about industry challenges, um, that's communicating field expertise. It's really prospect-focused fo- solutions. Okay, I wanna, I'm going to dive in a little bit. I want to take two of those apart. General information makes a lot of sense, which I think most companies get that right. Education versus thought leadership. Can you, just, can you, can you clarify a little bit? Because both of those sound like they could be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess in the simplest terms, I would say that education is really about you as an organization, it's you know, arguably a little bit more selfish focused, right? It's us giving information. Um, so education is about you and thought leadership is about them, about your prospects. Okay. Okay. So I'm educating. This is my product. Here's the features and benefits. Here's how you buy from me. Here's like all of the things that are like, they're me. They're me yeah. same as. Where thought leadership, I'm often uh, way out there on the fringe making, I'm prophesizing a little bit. I'm giving ideas. Like I am now contributing to my overall industry not necessarily to my organization. I think yeah. that's the where companies can really get tripped up. You can read a thought leadership piece, which is just telling me about your features of benefits. Arguably, that's actually more education and not thought leadership when you're tackling a problem that everyone in the industry is experiencing and benefit from, and it's almost up to the consumer to draw the line back to you. Mm-hmm. Thought leadership versus education. Is that, yeah. am, I, am I breaking that yeah. down? Yeah, and it, you know, it's easy sometimes to kind of make everything about your product because that's what you're so focused on. But thought leadership, you're, you know you're in the right direction when you're not necessarily just selling. You know, you're not mm. thinking in the back of your mind, yes. how am I trying to convince these people that my product is the best? I'm just trying to educate them. Like when I'm li- really literally just trying to help them in some way. Willingness to have a conversation yeah. about the problem, not a conversation about your product or your, or, or your solution. Yeah. So like... On that thread, what is the case for these different types of, of content? Why is that so important that we don't just do all one type of content? Yeah, I mean, the the different types of content, um, I mean, you, you got to use different content in different ways. 
depending on where your prospect is in their buying journey. It, it all relates back to the triggers in the buying journey. Okay. So for example, an intro, an intro video about your company is really high in the sales funnel versus something like a detailed product brochure is much lower uh, for people that are ready to buy. Okay. So, so why is a variety of content critical for specifically industrial companies? Well, customers needed to help them make the decision. So when we related this back to the big difference of industrial marketing versus even B2B or marketing overall is technical, right? The, the more technical, rational, logical decision-making process. So the customers need it uh, to help them make the decisions and ultimately for you to beat your competition out. Um, it allows for automation. So for you to scale or reach more customers uh, faster. It supports your sales team so that they can provide consistent information. And it drives inbound search traffic to your company. And this is really in the world of search engine optimization. Okay. So, so, and that's, I know you're only scratching the surface in terms of when we think about content and the role that it plays, but let's talk about quantity versus, well, and when we're going to talk about both quantity and quality, but how much volume do you, do you need to put out there? Is, is there such a thing as, as too much content? <laughs> well, and I mean, in an ideal world, when you have limitless budget, uh, which is definitely ideal and not necessarily reality, but I mean, you can't, the, the answer to your question is no, you cannot have too much content. Okay. Um, a big enterprise company, you know, would invest sometimes millions of dollars on content. And the reason is, is because it does drive sales. But for most companies who do not have a limitless budget, uh, we do recommend starting where there are the biggest gaps. So typically this is a little higher in the funnel. Um, and it's not necessarily the area where, you know, it's necessarily capturing search traffic. So if you think about people that are searching for your product, they're going to put, be putting all of the specific information about your product in their search query. What we're talking about is what are the objections that you're typically getting from your prospects? And that's where you really need to start in terms of, uh, in terms of content to really get them through. Okay, so when you're thinking about quality now, you talked about quantity if we can't have too much. But quality is an interesting term because quality could mean a bunch of things like poorly produced, which we'll touch on, but also the right piece at the right time back to the buying journey. If I'm at that higher awareness phase versus where I'm down into like actually comparing stats and comparing features and benefits, how do we talk about like when you think about quality that way, what are the different filters you need to put on top of it? I mean, really, uh, in terms of the filters of quality, it's about, you know, production value. Okay. Um, you're talking about, you know, the amount. So, sorry, I'll, I'll back up here in a second. So the quality in my mind, let's just kind of quickly define that. So um, it's really about how much time and money to invest in each piece of content based on the value of your sale. Okay. Right. So okay. if you're looking at, okay, so if you're selling a $100,000 product, as an example, you can afford to invest a little bit more. So Okay, so you, let's start by building out the financial formula for how much we want to invest to, to create this quality, quote-unquote, piece of content. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, the, the question then of what is quality, that is really about the production value is number one. Um, so that is, is it readable? Is it accurate? Is it engaging? Um, how well does it address a customer need? So understanding, you know, that sort of collaborative understanding of an ideal customer. Um, how well is it addressing what they actually need in order to sell it up the chain internally? And then, you know, some of the technology sides of it as far as, as, far as um, optimization for search engines and things like that. 
Gartner recently reported 77% of buyers said their last research and buying process was very difficult. And where that came from, this was specifically for B2B audiences, where that came from was because it's difficult to evaluate one product over another. And that's because there's not really a standard in terms of things like, for example, how a case study is produced. Um, how am I able to understand that this product is really relevant for me and my business and my industry? If that was consistent across the board among all the competitors, it'd make it a lot easier for your prospects to evaluate you. But that, of course, is not the case. So if you really want to increase the ability for a prospect to be attracted to your product, you give them both quality and quantity. And lay it out in a very sequential way that lines up with your buying journey. Yes. So I'm assuming the audience has picked up now that this is building on. So if you go back to the last module, we talked about your ideal customer profile and your MVP. Now we're talking about building the content that supports that journey that someone will go go from a customer perspective, from awareness right through to purchase, making sure that we lay out the bright breadcrumbs. Yes. So, okay. And now we're, we're, let's talk about now, and this is a challenge and a conversation I have with many companies like, hey, we produced a piece of content, but we don't think anybody's reading it. We don't know how to get it out there. We don't know how to ways to use it to actually create lead gen. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a breakdown here using a press release as an example. 100% not an overly sophisticated tactic, but I think it's one that most companies have had experience with. We've certainly been exposed to it where we thought, hey, we've got this exciting new product. We should have a press release. So we've got three ways to get that press release out to market. Owned, earned, and paid. So own, these are all the places that you have complete control over. So this could, let's just start, that's your website. You own that, you can post that, that press release or that piece of newsworthy content on your website at any time. The question is, unless you're driving, unless there's a lot of traffic going there, you don't know who's going to see it. You could email that out in a newsletter format and that might draw them back. But the point being is you've owned all those channels. You had complete control over when it happens, how it happens. And ultimately the variable is how many people see it. Earned is you submit it to a local trade publication and they go, wow, this is newsworthy. This is actually really exciting. They post it on their, let's just use a trade publication, for example, or maybe it's local media. Maybe you're doing something exciting in your production facility that's actually going to cause an increase in jobs. And they go, wow, that's amazing to see a local company contributing to the economy in this way. No matter where you are in, in our world, you contribute to the economy. That's a newsworthy story, in my opinion. All of a sudden, they now share it with their audience and you've earned some traffic. You've earned some eyes to come to that. And then the third one, what we don't want to overlook, which we're going to talk about in, in, a, in a future module, is paid. It's all the places that you can pay to have your content. So you can put it on Google. You can pay to be in that publication. This is a lever that every company gets to pull. In my experience, oftentimes in industrial marketing, there's a bit of a reluctance to pull that one. There's a lot of focus on owned and earned which I think are incredibly valuable. And I think ultimately as an organization, the more traffic we can get from owned and earned channels, the more cost effective. But let's not forget that doesn't happen by accident. You need to build it up. And oftentimes back to our crawl, walk, run metaphor that you're going to hear permeated throughout these modules. When you run a paid campaign, even if it's small, you get to get some results. You mm -hmm. get to get some data. You get to see who went, who looked, especially we use LinkedIn as a great example. I know what company they came from, what geography they're in, and what their job title was. So if you think about your sales initiatives of this, how much value you can get from your content, it's not just the lead that you get. Trust me, that's our ultimate goal always. But if you can get some data to find out who finds your stuff interesting, that's really going to set you up for success as you're building your content plan. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit long-winded, but I think people, it, it's really that's important for marketers and salespeople to understand that there's many ways to get it out there. Each one is unique and almost stands alone 
But more importantly, how do we make this all work together? Yeah. So I'll hand the baton back over. Mm. Yeah, I mean, typically you want to think about what your company is doing across each of these. And it's really good to categorize the three because they can all work together. You know, in some cases, actually, you've seen where you look at, you know, paid advertorials as an example. Now, that's still paid, but it almost makes it look like it's earned, right? But ultimately, um, how are these all able to work together so that, you know, to reach your customers and move them effectively through that buying journey? So there are three ways that content uh, needs to work together. Number one is focusing on how your customer buys, right? So have dedicated content for the different stages that they're going through. Um, the second really is, is self-service. So how do you enable self-service? For your prospects, so make it easier for them to find the compelling information that they need and when they need it. But back to that, I want to touch on that one, self-service. That's also a relatively new phenomenon that kind of falls under the the the, the modern category in terms of customers wanting to feel empowered because they did their own research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the the saying of you know the the highest form of service is self-service. I mean, that's why, just as an example, when you're talking about all the way that people research and buy, that's why Amazon has been so incredibly successful. There's a consistent approach that they have all the way through. (laughs) And they make it very easy for me to, quote unquote, do my research. Yeah. So people that like this also bought this. Those types of things are, those are, you know, what we would kind of call in the marketing business social proof, right? Like there's people that have clarified that I like this product because it did this for me. The more that you can bring that you know, that into your content is really powerful. Um, the third is going to be cross-channel coordination. So the, the channel really being the, the vehicle in which you're getting your information out there, every piece of content needs to be consistent and appropriate to that particular type of channel. Thinking about not only showing me the right type of content when I'm on social media versus when I'm um, cruising a website or reading a blog article, but also more importantly, as the consumer, I'm not getting, you want to make sure you don't perpetuate mixed messages. Yes. Don't have yeah. one statement and like headline about your product over here and have a completely different headline over there. That'll really cause almost sometimes subconsciously your customer to feel disjointed from the journey that they're trying to go on with your company. Yes. We often say consistency is the best friend of marketing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they're dating your company, but you don't you don't know who they are yet. Like yeah. they're going on a date with you, but you're not there. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. So, all right, we like to set the stage and we like to kind of underpin everything with, I love the concept of the must-have mindsets. So as we dig a little bit deeper into this, like let's break it down for industrial marketing to be successful. What are some of the must-have mindsets we need? So I'm going to lay them out and then Chad, I'm going to let you define them. Know your industry objections, number one. Your website must be breathing. I love that. A life support sometimes. Crawl, walk, run with owned, earned, and paid. That was a mouthful. Measure what you're doing and adapt consistently. All right. I love those. I love a good list. So Chad, break these down for us a little bit. Okay. So let's start with number one, know your industry objections. So these are your starting points for content, right? What we understand about the objections that our prospects are having. Start thinking about your marketing in terms of investing. So crawl, walk, run, which we've talked about, is really starting with the basic product information and then look at ways that you can build. So understand and address the buying stages. Know your common objections, test new platforms, experiment with different formats or types like video or audio, uh, different dynamic content. And content is really something that you never stop working on. 
I'm going to throw in a little for all the marketers that are happy to listen to this. I, I was at a workshop years ago in San Francisco, and I remember one of the, the senior marketers for a B2B SaaS company said, he goes, if you don't know what your VP of sales and marketing takes in his coffee, you're not doing his job. <laughs> because if you want to know about industry objections, who do you need to talk to? You need to talk to your sales team. So attention, mar- hey, marketers, find out if it takes tea, if it takes coffee, two milks, or sugar, whatever it is. Yeah. But that shows that you're spending the time with them to really understand the objections that they deal with out in the field. So critical. Yeah. <laughs> So number two, your website must be breathing. Uh, Statistically, the most important platform is really your website. That's actually something that has really advanced since uh, the pandemic, is that people are looking for that information directly from your website. It's the hub that connects everything that you do. What makes an effective website is a big topic on its own, but a good rule of thumb is think about how long it's been since you last redesigned it. It's always growing. That's the big thing about your website must be breathing. You need to continue feeding it. You need to continue giving information. Let people know on your homepage what's been updated. Some of the most basic things are oftentimes overlooked. Well, what an interesting KPI to put in place. When's the last time you learned something new about your customer inside your organization? And when was the last time you took that information and made an appropriate update on your website? Mm. If that is more, if you if you if you can't think of the answer, it's probably a, re, a, a red flag. But we've got a lot of websites on life support out there. They're not set it and forget it platforms. They're actually sources of information. Yeah. How often would you read the news if it was the same article every day? You wouldn't. And your customer is looking to get informed, no different than they check into their local news site. They're checking into your company to get current information about solving their problem. Stay on top of it. So the third is be progressive with owned, earned, and paid. So once you're confident with your website, then you're on the path already with owned media. Start advertising, sponsoring content, actively listening to what's being talked about, both in your industry uh, and your business, but different publications or associations to gain this earned media. These really need to be on your radar. And then the fourth, uh, measure what you're doing, get clear on how you will determine whether a piece of content is successful. And the ways that you know that are, you know, some of the simple things like how many vi- visitors, but how efficiently uh, is something directly driving a sale? How many times was it shared? Uh, these types of things. Make sure that you can track that for everything that you put out there. Google Analytics is a great base starting point. Marketing, mar- excuse me, marketing automation is the next step. And then internal alignment between sales and marketing is when you really start gaining momentum. I want to put a little caveat for some organizations. You might be listening to this. You might be feeling a little overwhelmed because we're laying this out in a way that, quote unquote, is simplified, but there's still a lot of moving pieces in here. And oftentimes you might not have the expertise in your organizations to do this. What we really want you to understand is how important it is. There are great resources out there, whether you reach out to us or other people in the industry. Don't, first of all, admit and and embrace that this is important. Second of all, be okay that you might not know how to do it. And that's okay as well. That's also part of the crawl, walk, run mindset. Which is an amazing segue into the fifth mindset, which is about adapting consistently. So marketing is about consistency and commitment. Sales has traditionally been very formulaic and, you know, kind of the only as good as your last month sort of idea. Your prospects needs are evolving and markets change quickly with new innovations. So the concept of adapting consistently is is really around staying on top of how these things are changing and how you can be responsive. So move from reacting and move into responding. 
which can be so easy, especially when you think about content. There's nothing more stressful than, oh no, I've committed to a monthly newsletter and the month is up and I don't have content. Mm -hmm. And I think that's often what can also stop a lot of companies from doing it. You know, there's sometimes there's not a lot of newsletters that get published twice <laughs> because it was so overwhelming and it was becoming an initiative. So don't be shy to do a little bit less and give yourself a chance to build up the, I would say the discipline or the cadence to do it. And I'm going to be very candid. Don't be hire, Don't be scared to hire people to actually help you on, on, on that mm -hmm. journey. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you, Chad. Again, setting the foundation as we as we build uh, it through these through these modules. You know, content basics. What we mean by content and why does it matter? You really set the stage on that one. I think we've got some clarity now. Quality versus no quality and quantity. Mm -hmm. So critical to understand both that these are an interrelationship that is not one of the other. Those those are they're non negotiables, folks. How you then find the formula is again going to be unique to your organization. And our top five industrial marketing must have mindsets. Know your industry objections. Your website must be breathing. No, no life support for your website. <laughs> Crawl, walk, run for your paid, owned, and earned. Measure what you're doing. Be ready to adapt consistently. Don't be shy to learn. Don't be shy to fail forward. If you've enjoyed today's module, please reach out and give us your feedback. We're always available on LinkedIn, Tyler Chisholm and Chad Croker. And by all means, please pass it along to members of your team. The sooner we get on the same page, the sooner we start driving results. Don't forget to join us for module four, digital advertising, getting in front of your customers without wasting your money.